Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Well, as, as you can see, um, hopefully with a, through a variety of reasons, just with the worship, um, with the videos, with the skits, uh, Tuba City is my favorite week of ministry uh, the whole year, uh, more so than retreats, uh, because there are so many things that I, I get to see. And so I want to share three of them with you as to why I feel that really this is my favorite week of ministry throughout the year. If you want to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And the first reason that I want to give you why I like Tuba City so much is because Jesus' pattern of ministry actually works. Jesus' pattern of ministry actually works. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 reads this way, And he, Jesus, gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And when you look at this passage, the first thing that I hope we notice is that God gives. Uh, God gives spiritual gifts, but he also gives gifts of spiritual leadership. And so when Paul's writing to the Ephesians, he's encouraging them and saying, listen, uh, there are a lot of you, there are those among you who are gifted to be leaders. And ultimately, their leadership, their spiritual leadership, is to equip each and every one of you who are involved in the church to do the actual ministry. So what Jesus is saying, his pattern of ministry is, I've given you leaders. The leaders will train you. The leaders will teach you. The leaders will equip you so that you yourselves can go out and do all the ministry. And uh, one of the interesting things that that I like to share with people is that even though we see the greatness of Paul... It's the common person that probably led more to Christ overall than Paul. It's not to minimize Paul's work or Peter's work or anyone else, but the reality of Christianity as a whole is passed on by ordinary people who have been equipped by their spiritual leaders, who in a sense not only to be equipped to do ministry, but to grow in their maturity in Christ. And so what we see here is Jesus' pattern of a ministry, and it works. It absolutely positively works. And every year that I go to Tuba City, it's exactly what I see. This year, we wrote our own curriculum. Uh, We absolutely, our own curriculum, we didn't use anybody else's sources or anything else. And the cool thing is the way that we did the curriculum, it's not just me writing it, it's not me writing it and giving it to the students. It's me coming up with an outline and saying to them, here is what we want to teach. So we taught in VBS, we taught Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is the compassionate healer. Jesus is our crucified Savior. And Jesus is our risen Savior. And they took that and they ran with it, and they made it a curriculum. They made their own curriculum by themselves. And to be honest with you, and not to slam the VBS that we did, but I think that the Tuba City curriculum was better. Because these kids poured their heart and their soul into it, and their continual focus was pointing towards, this is who Jesus is, and this is what Jesus has done. And so when I see something like that, I think to myself, this is exactly what ministry is supposed to be like. They even wrote that own skit. That's a skit that they didn't pull out of somewhere, but they spent their own time, hours upon hours, trying to perfect a skit that they came up by them, with by themselves in order to give a message 
not just to the students at VBS, but specifically to the parents. But specifically to the parents, because they wanted to send them a message. And then the devotional times. This year, usually, um, we have a leader that... (coughs) Excuse me. This year, we usually have a leader who does the devotionals. In years past, I'm sorry. This year, we did something different. Can we have our three of our four speakers stand up for this year's devotionals? Michael, remember, you gave a devotional. Don't be afraid. And Elijah gave a devotional. And uh, Ryan, who's at home uh, after surgery. And then Tim also gave a devotional. Usually, it's I give the devotionals. These guys personally gave better devotionals than I think I would have given. Uh, they took it to heart. Uh, they sat down. They studied. They almost gave like mini sermons. That as I sat and listened to each one of them, I said, that is pretty good. This is the next generation of teachers and leaders who will one day equip others because they get what it means to come up with this simple devotional to be able to encourage us as VBS leaders to then go on and lead this VBS. To me, Jesus' pattern of ministry works really well because when you see it in action, I just stand back. I get to watch all of this and see all of this and go, wow, it's incredible that God really actually moves through the common person, which even speaking at a retreat uh, last week, for another church, just the sense of trying to communicate to them that God uses ordinary people. And that even though pastors are important to the church, we are not the most important people in this church at all, ever. The most important person in this church is Jesus. And the pastor and the evangelist and the apostle and everybody else all point to Jesus. And the, uh, uh, the opportunity to see Jesus reflected in the lives of these students who are learning to minister to other people from their heart is absolutely one reason why I find Tuba City my favorite week of ministry throughout the year. I get to see it, I get to see it live. And I get to see it happen. And I cry constantly when I'm at Tuba City. I'm crying here watching this skit. I'm crying watching the videos because I just see the goodness of God and how he takes the common and the ordinary and the young and does something with them and allows them to minister heart to heart with these students. And every year when we show show these videos, you see these, these Navajo children just jumping all over our kids, running all over the place. It's utter chaos. Utter chaos, and I mean that because as you see all this running around, you've got kids, and sometimes they're running around with two kids on their back. It's because these kids not only are able to have the skill of doing ministry, but the heart of ministry, the absolute love that they have for them. To watch someone like Ryan, who's carrying all these kids, I think at one point he even had three kids on his back, just absolutely exhausted because he's not only giving of his physical self, but his emotional self to see these kids to minister to these children, to hopefully point them to Jesus, that even if something doesn't happen specifically at that VBS, one day in the future, they will remember, Jesus loves me because I've seen it in action. And that's why I love Tuba City so much. Second reason, turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Verses 6 through 10. The second reason why I love Tuba City so much is because Jesus still leads people today. Jesus still leads people today. To understand the situation, the Jerusalem councils happen. Acts chapter 16 is now going to take us into the second missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. And uh, they start out in Jerusalem, and they're traveling north, and they start heading a little bit west. And they say, hey, you know what? Let's turn it around. Let's go a little bit south and head back home. 
And then something happens or doesn't happen, depending on how you look at it. And we went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Having forbidden by the Holy Spirit to seek the ward in Asia. In other words, they want to head back home, but they can't. And when they'd come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had the vision, immediately they sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So it's, it's Paul's missionary journey, and they're wanting to head back home, but they can't. In fact, the word here is forbidden. In other words, God did not allow them. They were heading in this direction. It's like they got on the bus, even though they didn't have buses then, or the donkeys or whatever, the camels. And uh, nope, can't go that way. This is not the way that you're supposed to go. Now, how that happened, I have no idea. All I know is that Luke here is writing pretty simply, we're trying to go and minister to these people who need Jesus. Why can't we go this way? And the Spirit of Jesus goes, no, you can't. You can't go that way, and you can't go that way, and you can't go that way. And then Paul has this vision, and it says here, (coughs) they concluded. And the idea of concluding here is it all finally came together and made sense. The reason that the Spirit of Jesus wasn't allowing us to head back east and home was because he wanted us to head west and pioneer into new ministries, into new hearts. And a lot of good things happen because they listened and followed after that leading. I love Tuba City because Tuba City gives us the opportunity to follow a lot of the leadings that God would have for us. About a week beforehand, I think it was, Pastor Dave and I sat down and we went over the schedule. You know, this hour, we're going to do this, this, we're going to do this. And uh, the reality is when you go to Tuba City, a schedule is a good thing, but it's not set in stone. I think every day we did something totally different from what the schedule set us to do. It's enjoyable to see the leading of God working because it's an experience that we really enjoy. If you'd looked at this skit, you might think to yourself, well, that was a pretty good skit. Before we went on the trip, the skit team came up to me and they said, you know what, every year when we have this Thursday night program, we always do a new rehashed skit, a skit that we've done and we show the kids because we want to show the parents, this is what we've done, this is what we've worked with, this is what we've ministered to your kids with. But this year they were insistent. They wanted to have something totally different just for the parents. And so I said, let's go. That's it. You do it. You write it. You guys go with it. So they, again, wrote this skit by themselves. They did the skit. After the skit was done, I have an, ad- an Navajo person came up to me, and they said, how did you guys know? And I said, how did you know what? I mean, I, I don't, it's a skit. He said, how did you know that one of the strongholds that Navajo people have is with spirits? And when those kids came out with those masks, reflecting what the spirits were like, and then you had Jesus exude his power over them, this is where we get stuck. We can't seem to get past that place where Jesus is actually the one who has power over these spirits. How did you know? Thank you so much for that message. That's God's leading. Even in our ignorance, in a sense, not knowing what that skit fully meant, God had led our students to go beyond the normal, to want to do more, not to settle for, settle for, but to actually want to do more in order to send a message to the parents, a message that they might not have even fully understood that they were communicating. And yet it was communicated because they were willing to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. This year, we uh, decided that what we're going to do, instead of having seminars, you know, instead of being passive about our faith and sitting there and saying, hey, let's have seminars about this and seminars about that, we decided to have, let's invite the pastors of Tuba City to come and share with us their stories. And the stories were awesome. They were heartbreaking, 
difficult to listen to at certain times because it was so heartbreaking. And yet we listen to their stories. And their stories give clear examples of how God leads people. The pastor that we met with on the first day was explaining to us just the, the way that God worked in order to get him into ministry. Because the question was like, how did you end up, you know, how did you end up ministering uh, to uh, Native Americans? And he went into his story and he, and he shared it. And he, he shared about after he'd become a pastor, uh, they sent him to a certain state and he was up in the state and as he was doing ministry, he was finding that it just wasn't fruitful. And so one day on the verge of giving up, because he didn't see the fruitfulness, and he's wondered, have I misunderstood the call of God? He walks out into the middle of a field, in the middle of a field, in the middle of nowhere. And out of, the, out of nowhere comes this guy on a horse. And, and he comes up to this, uh, 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 this, this white pastor, and, and the Native American guy says, hey, do you know anything about horses? And you think, oh, wait a minute, to catch the full understanding of the story, you have to understand this guy was educated in how to take care of horses. And so in the middle of nowhere, here's this guy saying, God, why? Why? Why am I in ministry? I feel like I want to quit as he's sitting there debating, should I go? Should I stay? What should I do? A man comes up to him and says, can you help me with my horse? He says, I sure can. And he helped him with the horse. And it turned out the ministry went from fruitlessness to fruitfulness. And he eventually ended up in Tuba City. Still struggling through a lot of things, but God leading him, saying, this is where you need to go. This is where you need to be. I want to confirm the leading that I've given you in your life. We had another pastor the next day. He was telling us as he had come to Christ, he was really excited about Christ, sharing with his family, but it just didn't seem to be going anywhere. And uh, he started to walk away, and he got to a point where he wasn't even going to church anymore. And one day, him and his wife were sitting in their living room or whatever it was, and they look out the window, and there are these two Caucasian, old Caucasian ladies sitting in a car just parked in front of his house. Now, if you're in Chicago, if you have two people parked in front of your house, what are you thinking? Hello, 911, those people are a little weird. What does he do? He gets out of his house, he walks up to the car, and he asks them into his house for dinner. How do you know they're not serial killers? I don't know. But he did it anyway because he felt that God was leading him to do this. And these ladies sat down, and now think about this. They're lost. Going to California, they're ending up in the in places, anything but California, and they start telling him about Jesus and his necessity to follow Jesus. In my world, I'm not inviting them in. In his world, he listened to the leading of God, and the leading of God led him to a place that he actually went out, invited these ladies in, and it changed his life and kept him on the path to becoming a pastor in Tuba City. On Tuesday night, I don't remember what it was that we were doing. We were doing something, and uh, we were leaving the skit behind at the church, uh, skit team behind at the church, because they wanted to practice uh, on their skits more. Because, they, man, when these kids do something, I tell you, they put their whole hearts into it, man. Practice after practice. And, I, you know, I heard some of the practices, a lot of goofing around. But they're, they're still there. They're still trying. And, uh, you know, they're really serious. We want to get this skit right. And so we get into the van, and uh, Ryan's in the van, and... Uh, is a, hopefully I'm telling the story right. If, if I'm not, it's his fault that he had to have surgery. I'm just kidding. It's not his fault. But he says, you know, I, I think I got to stay. I think I'm going to miss out on something. And that was the very night. If you were there at the retreat, I mean, uh, at our retreat, and uh, you heard his testimony, you heard that he actually got out of the van and he went there and God moved. Now, God could have moved when we went back to the hotel that we were staying in. I, I totally get that. But he had a leading. I need to be there. And he was there. And who ministered to him? I did. No, I wasn't even there. 
God ministered through the team, but specifically through his sister. Why do I love Tuba City so much? It's because it's almost like I'm unnecessary. The only thing that I have to do is equip these students to know what they're doing. And they've been doing it for four years, and they do it so well. I think we should just be so proud of the skills and abilities that God has given them, from the seeds ministry all the way up to youth group, and ultimately on the greenhouse and into adulthood. Because these students understand Jesus' pattern of ministry, and they understand what it means to be led by God. So here, like Paul is listening, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. You don't want us to go. When he finally gets the freedom to go, he goes, and God expands the kingdom. And so when I go to Tuba City with these kids, God expands the kingdom. Each year, we get closer and closer with the Tuba City young adults. And it's not because of me only. It's because of people like Noah who's willing to blow away his Christmas break to just go there and be with them and grow the relationships. And then what does he do? Does he go by himself? No, he takes people. He took Josh with him last Christmas. And you know what they want to do? They want, I've got kids coming up to me this summer going, I want to go with them this winter. You see, Jesus' pattern of ministry works today. Jesus' spirit calls us to follow. He leads us today. And so this is not something that's just for Tuba City. It's something for everywhere. So let me conclude with this. The third thing that I want us to catch on to. It's this. I'm going to take a tagline. Does everyone, have everyone, I'm sure, pretty sure everyone has heard. What happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas, right? How many of you have been in Las Vegas? Gee. The things you did there and kept there. I'm just kidding. I know you all went to share Christ, right? Yeah. Okay. This is the third thing I want to leave you with. Open to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, this is Jesus praying all night, getting ready to pick his disciples. And he picks a 12, and this is what happens. And he went up on the mountain, he called to him those whom he desired. And they came to him, and he pointed 12, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him. Catch this now, so that they might be with him. And he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. The biggest thing that we try, and I try over and over again, every year that we go to Tuba City is this. We are going to Tuba City to meet Jesus. We are secondarily going to minister to other people for Jesus. But when we go to Tuba City, we go to Tuba City to meet Jesus. We're meeting him there. That is our goal. That is our focus. Let us worship him. Let us reflect him. Let people see that. Not because we're great, because we have a lot of difficulties. We have a lot of struggles. We have a lot of problems. We just want them to see Jesus. Well, we don't want to just... Worship Jesus once a week in Tuba City. We want to be able to bring it home. So the thing that we keep talking about always is, listen, be with Jesus wherever you are so that what happens in Tuba City doesn't stay in Tuba City, but it actually comes back to wherever you go. So wherever you go, you want to constantly be with Jesus. That's what these kids get. In fact, I'm, I'm envious. I'm envious because they've grasped on it so much, they're always getting together to be with Jesus. Yeah, they play Smash Brothers and all the other stuff, but they're singing and they're worshiping. In fact, if you remember the retreat when I invited us all, hey, Saturday night, uh, let's have just like a one hour, just, 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 just worship, let's just pray. You know, they came, half of them, and then they went back, they had some ramen noodles, and then they prayed and worshiped again until 2 o'clock in the morning. So they're beginning to understand that Jesus doesn't have to just be worshipped or, or serve Jesus 
in Tuba City alone, but it's something that becomes a lifestyle for them. That's why I love Tuba City so much. But the reality is it's not just something for the team at Tuba City. It's something for all of us. The call of Jesus for everyone here is to be with him. To be with him. Not just here on Sunday. Not just when you open up your Bible and pray. But wherever you go. Because missions is not an event. Mission is something that God is on. God is on a mission to draw people to him. God is on a mission to expand his kingdom. And what the students from Tuba City and even youth group are beginning to learn is that the mission, not the missions, because missions is an event, but the mission that God has for us is to be with him. And then everything else flows out of that. Be with him, and then everything flows out of that. That's the ring. That's why I like Tuba City. And it's a lesson that we need to see as well is that Jesus doesn't cause just to be with him here, but to be with him everywhere because God is on mission everywhere. And so when you go to work, God is on mission there. He has his missionary there. When you talk to your neighbors, God is on mission. He has his missionary there. When you drive or walk the streets or meet strangers, God has a mission. And it's not just something where you go to Tuba City. It's not something where you might go to Kenya. It's not something where you might go to somewhere in South America. God is always on mission. God is always wanting to draw people to himself. God is trying to bring people into worship. And so I love Tuba City so much because when I look and see what God is doing in our students, I say, amen, that's the church. That's what we're supposed to do. Are they perfect kids? Yeah. No, they're not. I wish I could tell you, man, they are, they're, just, they're just perfect. They're not. They are not. There's still a lot of struggles. There's still a lot of difficulties. But you know what? I could take them out of the room right now, and I'd still be stuck with a lot of people who have a lot of problems and issues, right? Because we do. It's why we need Jesus. It's why we always need Jesus. It's why we need to be with Jesus constantly, because the reality is we have some serious sin issues that we have to work through in our lives, and sometimes we just don't work through them very well. And we continue along this path. And so these kids aren't perfect. They'll never be perfect. But it's not just because they're kids, it's because they're people, because they're sinners, because they struggle with sin. But Christ has come into their lives and has shown them a better way, and they're living it out. And that's why I love to go to Tuba City. Because I get to see God do something in a group of people who are not perfect, but who are resting in Christ, striving to let Christ live in them as well as through them. It's not an easy path. We all understand the pressures that we are under and that they are under. And so my hope and my prayer is that we will continue to pray for Tuba City so that what happens in Tuba City does not stay in Tuba City, but it affects our lives in such a way that people will, as that last, that was a beautiful song. Michael, where did you get that from? That song, that last song. They, he must increase, he must decrease. I don't even, I'm not a really good musician, obviously, you can tell. From where? From the radio? Thanks, Michael, that was really helpful. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to listen to the radio. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I just want to say Tuba City it may not be like the field that we go to and hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ. 
But kids come. And uh, I also realize, you know, uh, Tuba City, we're not the only, or only uh, show in town. The reality is, uh, while we were having VBS Monday through Thursday, the church <laughs> where we first started out, <laughs> right above us, had VBS Tuesday through Friday. <laughs> it's like, dudes, really? We can't get together and do this together. That's okay, though, because everyone has their differences, and we understand that. But Tuba City makes a difference. Makes a difference in my life. Makes a difference in the students that go every year. Um, just looking at people. I mean, I just think of, of Ellie. Where'd you go? The, uh, Ellie leading the six-year-old class. Uh, two years ago, my hope was, uh, man, I really hope Ellie could one day lead some class or something else. And uh, then I had the uh, stroke, and so that didn't help. And last year was a little bit more difficult. But just to see someone like her just growing up and becoming ministry. And any time you see your kids on stage or in, in movies, you kind of think, this is great. To see Josh Chan and the skit team write their own skits every year. I mean, I don't know. This, these kids should be writing curriculum. Tuba City is a place where I really see God is doing something. And uh, I just want to keep being a part of that. So why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes. And I know y'all didn't get to join us. And before we start singing, I just want to ask us to pray uh, for Tuba City. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.